Hey Wildcats and welcome to the Sorry Mothers podcast. I'm your host Reese, and once again I'm joined by Mike to continue ranking the films of the three largest action horror franchises, Alien, Predator and Terminator. Before we begin I'd like to thank Spike Kappa for the amazing theme music. So last time we ranked films 18 to 13, though since then it has become 19 to 14 due to the release of Prey. And I think we ranked them as uh, Aliens v Predator, Requiem, Terminator Salvation, The Predator... Alien Resurrection, Alien vs. Predator, and Terminator Genesis. Um, today we'll be going from Genesis. Today we'll be going from thirteen to eight in our in our joint ranking, and I think we should almost group the first two together as they're both from the same franchise and they're from the same era of the franchise. Because um, at twelve, because uh, at twelve we have twenty twelve's Prometheus and twenty seventeen's Alien Cov. Covenant, not convenient. Uh, Ridley Scott's origin to his most famous monster. Uh, I think we should, because they're together, we'll t- probably talk about Prometheus first, and then we'll go on to Covenant. So, Mike, um, start us off with Prometheus. What are your general thoughts on the film, and maybe them together have, as well? I do have similar thoughts about both of these, but I'll sort of go more into convenient when we move on to it. Uh, Prometheus is it's one that I'm never annoyed to rewatch, There's a lot of points I get annoyed while I'm watching it, but it's one that I can see all of the potential is like right there on the surface. And there's a lot it does really well. That's the, um, it's directed amazing. It sounds incredible. I think the cast like in this and the sequel are just mm. incredible. It's probably one of the better casts that like the later eras of any of these films get. Even though actually the, the, the latest films for each of these mm. franchises have kick-ass casts. So like, um, but it's got a great cast. I think it's just, there's too much going on. It's got too many ideas. There's too many plot threads. There's too many characters. And there's so many points where, because it has to get to the next plot thread, the character will just do something really stupid to move it on. And I think my favourite thing about the film is outside <laughs> of the film. My yeah. favourite thing about this was the marketing campaign. Because it did exactly what No Way Home did. Where it was like, you all know exactly what this film is. But we're not going to say it. You're, you're going to see it for yourself when you go in. Like. Uh, oh, no. Uh, no, I, I'd say it's closer to Morbius's marketing campaign. Because no, it but, teased a monster and it didn't come still, until like, uh, the post credits. It's sort of an alien at the end, isn't there? Like, like we all <laughs> knew going into Prometheus. Like, yeah, it, we all knew literally this the, is a prequel to Alien. Scene. But every time Ridley Scott was asked, he said, no, it's not. Every time anyone involved was asked, he said, no. This isn't an alien prequel, it's its own thing, Wink. And it's the same thing as Andrew Garfield, are you in No Way Home? No, I'm not the werewolf. It's the same thing where like everyone knew what the film was about going in, but they wouldn't tell us. So it added that extra layer, and I think that was really exciting. And then the film, it's it's watchable, but it's got lame points. The engineers are weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I quite I it grew on me this film the more i see it um because because it's quite a long film like what is it two two hours ten two hours twenty you know if if thinking back to when i first watched it i was 14 and this it was quite boring then but uh the more the more i've watched it the more that 
the characters have grown for me. Um, I think it they pair up really well. Like they pair the cast up. They they, they group them up really well. You got um, El, you know. Uh, if you got you got Elba and um, Theron's character who are sort of like trying to navigate this 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 voyage, this doomed voyage. Like they're both quite pessimistic about what's going on. Numi replace Raplas Rapalas. Is it just replace? Numi replace. You replace. Axa really really good. This. Like she's she's fantastic, and I really love. Um, I don't love like the, the bad stuff that happens to a character, but I really love that they push a character right to the limit. You know, she goes there hopeful, trying to find her creator, and you know, uh, her husband dies. She has an abort. She has to have. If she gets impregnated and aborted really quickly, uh, which is quite traumatic to, to watch on screen. You know, the, the the process of it, the fact that like it's still trying to kill her even though she takes it out. Her relationship with is David is Logan really Marshall interesting. Green? I think, Mister Upgrade. Uh, uh, no, David's the well, android. Who, who now? The... David's, David's the, the android. Um, uh, Logan Marshall Green is is his is her. Yeah. Um, her Michael her Fassbender as David um, I think is that... one of his best. Um, but ever. I, I do, agree. and you know, and while 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 I like uh, all a lot of these characters, there are too many of them, and they don't get bumped off quickly enough. Like you've got Rafe Spall and Sean Harris, who are sort of like. Co- comedy relief kills like you know you know they're the first ones that are going to go you have benedict wong there just completely wasted as yeah he's in totally it he's that. playing one of the pilots he he's like he he plays like the, he's the cisco and he's the cisco and Chekhov in this you know he's just sat at the front of the ship and he goes down with the ship for some reason even they're like we'll 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 go down with you captain despite not much of the um uh, relationships being built there and it's, again there is these just weird set pieces that pop up everywhere like there's this bit where the, the, like a zombie comes like one of the one of the the, the yeah it's the guy from i him. think it's um yeah the guy from character he, yeah he yeah he literally like comes back as a zombie randomly and it adds nothing to the plot like why is he a zombie why is it zombifying him like um but i i and then you've got like guy pierce randomly Do you there. know what and the, just like this doesn't, this doesn't the add point anything of the movie to me. Where um, I check out, and I know it's near the end, but like for the rest of the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm up and down here. There's been stuff I've loved. There's been stuff I haven't. The point of the movie in my mind fully is like, okay, you're out. You checked out. You can switch off for the rest. Is when Guy Pearce shows up in old person makeup. And you're like, okay, yeah. you've just like what? <laughs> so it's just like that's one yeah. thing too many. Yeah, and the worst, the worst thing about that as well is that um, I'm pretty sure. Mo- um, uh, Max von Sydow was supposed was like the original oh, choice to play old Wayland, but they just got Guy Pierce with wrinkles. Right. Um, I I suppose that's where this sort of falls down a little bit as well. Is the is the the, the attempted philosophy behind this film? Um, you know, um, finding your creator, and you know, it is it is followed up quite better in in Alien Covenant, where you know David is. Well, they made us, but we're better than them. So David tries to make a being, and he's accepting that it's going to be better than him. Um, I'll, I'll get to it with convenient, but in in Covenant, but like David isn't broken in this yet, uh, whereas he's broken in the next one. So it's a, it goes a bit wrong. But his just fascination with everything, um, and the fact that he can't feel joy and he can't feel all these emotions, but he still goes through it. It reminds me greatly of of like characters like Data. Oh, yeah, he's a lot. He's a lot different to the synths in 
uh, alien well, he and aliens. Feels like more like a prototype, doesn't he? And you see, it even yeah. when you get Walter next time, you can see the difference. Yeah, they they tone down the humanness as well. Yeah, it said it scared people. Remember, and he's got like, is it decades they're there or just years of and like, he, just uh, se- seven years, learned, just like himself, like oh being, oh on like, on the ship, just living yeah. every day on the ship when he's just playing the basketball. Yeah, and all I love it. And he watches Lawrence of Arabia and he combs yeah. his hair. Um, that that's also there's 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 this real like snobbishness to these two to this film as well, like. Uh, like this, this sort of highbrow art to it. Like, oh, he this this robot likes old films and he loves Wagner and you know he does all these really complicated and smart things and you just like it's not interesting though. No, uh, like Alien was never like the smartest of franchises, was it? Like, like mm. it's brilliant. Like the messages were never what they are here. It was always very capitalism is bad. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and then here it's very like, what is the me- what is the meaning of reality? What is yeah? Where do we come from? And, and should we poke the bear and discover our own histories? Yeah, what? like I don't know. Like... Where's the alien? <laughs> oh, we found these stars in these paintings. Let's go there. Yeah. What? Like uh... there is something to say for the fact that this is. It's not at the bottom of the list. It's not at the top of the list, but it is the one film on the ATP list to not have an A, a T, or a P. No, it has some other A's. It's got a semi A, like it's got a yeah. gooey white, floppy A. Because there's so much going on, it has got quite a strong hard sci-fi spine to it, isn't it? Like the concepts going on here, um, particularly like the creation of a new race, and I... that, and then you go to it. You got the engineers and like the the, the style and, and the spores. And you had the impregnated and the, the fact they have to go through all those hard bits in the middle. It's, it's where I put sort of the the two movies very side by side, is that they both try the same things, but they both stumble and fall at different things. Like, I think this is better at being the philosophical hard sci-fi movie, because like, some of that works quite well. But I think Covenant is better at being a genuine like movie with monsters and stuff. It just runs out of steam as well. Yeah, um... like... Yeah, when 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 the the crew are getting blown up, I don't feel anything because I'm not really that engaged with the the motivations of the characters. Like they 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 are quite fun. Charlie Theron's character doesn't do much for me. Like I don't really no, care. Even if though she, she dies. should like be like the main actual threat, right? But if you want to take it back to the themes of the original Alien, and it's weird. Like the, so, the the start of the film, you have someone inject. You have one of the engineers injecting himself, an engineer that was left behind injecting him with the spores so they survive, so that when he's found in the future, he can then still drive the ship to Earth to release the spores and the new light and the, the biological weapon to test. Like, there's, there's a logic jump there because of the time of it, and you just wish that maybe if it was a bit cleaner. Uh, more clearer, and they, again, they they don't have to rely on the fact that oh god, we got to get a xenomorph in here. We got we got to. Did they need sort of like constant monsters and threats throughout? Do you think could this have been just genuinely like? So obviously, you can have stuff getting worse without having monsters there. You don't have to be like, okay, here's a vagina snake, here's a zombie, here's like 
whatever. You, do you think it needed to do that for that? Or do you think <laughs> no, it could have been the slow build-up of things gradually going wrong, leading to the engineer at the end being like the big surprise threat there? Like, I mean, I, 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 I sort of enjoyed as soon as they found like the the really tiny um, organisms that you know they do get inside you. They do rewrite your DNA, and then they, you produce a you produce a. Uh, a, a different being, a different alien. Like that's as soon as David they, finds that, it's it's more interesting than the. Oh, here's a snake. Here's a. I zombie. think they lost the semi subtlety of Geiger's design a little bit because with HR Geiger's designs, they're not subtle. They're clearly like the face hugger is like it's got a vagina and <laughs> the alien's head is a penis. But the two mm. in this are just straight up like, what if? What if, what if we took all the subtlety away? And again, I know it sounds really weird, but I do like the the process of he puts the he puts the organism in the drink. Oh yeah, he, he drinks. drinks. He drinks the drink. Then he has sex, and, <laughs> and so it goes into her, and then it comes out of her. And I like the fact that that, that by the end of the film, that tiny little squid is huge. Yeah. And it's and it, then it eats the creation. They each the end. They really the simplified the process with the face. But then. <laughs> That big thing, that big squid thing, upon killing the engineer, produces a xenomorph for the end. It doesn't. It doesn't need that. Like, just make it a big giant squid monster. Um, should should we talk about David a bit? Because I think that he's the standout of the film. Um, mm-hmm. But his, his arc in this is your favorite actor. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he's always, um, and you've just said it, so you can't even deny. He's always the standout of every film he's in. Even when he's in an awful film, you watch it and go, wow, Michael Fassbender was really good in that. Um, I, I just like the fact that, again, he, he represents uh, soullessness for me. He, he's, but, he, but because of that, because he hasn't got that human element, he's better. Um, and then he creates better things after that. And, you know, and he does creep me out. I think they are right. He he is too human in this, so he does creep me out a bit. Like they said, oh, I wear this suit because if I didn't, it creep me out. No, no, you want a robot to look and feel like a robot, don't you? Like so, so yeah. it, it it feels like a tool as opposed to a person. He, he acts it well though because he's like he's more human than the other robots, but you've got that sense that he's not all there. It's like you said, like Data, like mm. even though Data, I think he's a bit more robot. Yeah, and but but. He's he's also just he's as long in his data for that for that emotion. Like he wants to he wants to laugh. Like he he doesn't feel humor. He's and sort like... of similar to I don't know if you've seen the Orville, mm. but it has a character named Isaac who's a straight up robot. But he um, the further it goes, the more human he wants to be. And there is an exploration, especially in season two and heavily in season three, of exploring like he is just trying everything he can to understand humanity and understand and partake in its hobbies without getting like the exact emotion of it and there's a mm. it's done very differently the way they they handle it but there's a similar i think sense between that and david where it's like he's a robot he is emotionless like he's very cold but like he there's a little bit more there that wants to be more I think yeah. they explore it very well in the next film. I think it's the best arc over the two. Absolutely, um, I, I like how he, how his his role goes from being trying to become more human goes to 
actually trying to create life instead. And I, I'll get I'll get onto that when we start talking about any um, covenant. I just I just want to say one last thing about Prometheus is that um, you know it's it still has the same message for me as Alien, and that's despite there not being many aliens and xenomorphs in this, you know humans are really out of the depth when it comes to space. Like yeah. there are bigger and badder things out there, and they all want to either kill you or eat you. You know, there, there, there's no there's no middle ground to this. It's no one can hear you scream. It's a cold, deep, dark place. Um, and you know, like so many in the eighties, the most ripped off film from the eighties was Alien. You know, because cheap sets. Uh, you just got to get a guy in an alien suit. And yeah. you know, we have and a horror it, movie called Alien. And it has, on, really and, you know, it gives you stuff like the the Forbidden World and Galaxy of Terror, uh, and just so many of these films that are basically just uh, Alien. Um, and, and it, and and it, try, but at least this film tries something new with it, and it's 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 the, yeah. you know, it's there's an engineer behind. It. There's there's someone and, creating these. Things and I do and, think it's a good transition in Covenant that Covenant manages to keep. The hard sci-fi of this while transitioning to feeling more like an alien movie it's a good mm. way of like it's a prequel because it's taking us from feeling like something different to feeling the same okay so next was alien covenant um although this was the rank lower initially on our list since re-watching it i think it has gone above prometheus i have it i have them next to each other but i just above i think it's... i i kind of overreacted the first time i watched this i think um i just got Annoyed at it was what it was trying to do. Um, I didn't find it particularly horrifying when I first watched it. However, I do think it works as a horror film because it's got a lot of nice supernatural body stuff. The only th- trouble is is that the last well, it's it's up until it's went from when Bill Crudup is that his name? Bill Crudup mm-hmm. gets face hugged, and I thought, okay, it's all everything's dropped now. So that last that last forty minutes, hmm, it's just like, okay, we're just gonna cram Alien in because we've got the Xenomorph now, despite having much more interesting things going along with David and um, what and uh, it's not Wallace, is it Walter? Is it Walter? And like I even the first like when they film to and drop then the, the alphabetical order for the yeah, because you know they 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 go to the they go to the back to the ship and. Alien happens in about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. They get yeah. The, the the couple get attacked in the shower for some reason. The alien pokes her bum. Pokes bum. That's probably a callback to old eighties sci fi as well, where for, for no apparent reason women are always naked and get sexually, you know, sexually assaulted in these films. It just happened. I've I've already spoken about Forbidden World, where literally on the poster there is a woman getting uh, raped by a by a by a space worm. You know, these things. These things happened in sci-fi. It's not a great, it's not, you know, it's, it's a great shame. It's a great stain on the franchise. I on this genre, I'd say that so many of those Roger Corman-esque films existed. But like the interesting thing of that is that is that uh, Walter has been replaced by David, and it's not until that she's asleep and then he then he gets the the cabin wrong that we find out about it, and it's just. This film was going so so well, and so but the f- the first time I watched it, I just got very annoyed at, at that ending. But this time I watched it last night, and I, it didn't annoy me as much because I think the build up 
is a lot better. Um, I do like the characters a lot. I think they've all they also their pur- serve their purposes. You've got because because they're a colony and they, you, you know Bill Bill Crudup's got a who looks like a CGI person. I don't know what it is. He looks like a computer generated character all the time. Um, but you know he 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 starts as really miserable, then lightens up a bit, and then as soon as he lightens up a bit, it all goes bad. So he looks like a bad captain. Um, and the, you know the the initial you step on a spore goes into the ear, the nose, and then this alien is born and it attacks and it kills most of them. And you're like, ah, oh, this is a great opening. Like this is genuinely from from start to finish, happy happy colonists. Half of them are dead. The ship is blown up. They're trapped with aliens everywhere. And then David comes in, like, and we get to continue the great storyline from Prometheus, the, the great arc from Prometheus. And again, it's different in this. In the other one, he was trying to understand creation. In this, he just wants to make something of his own because his creator did not let him create. He could do all the music, he can do all the art he wants, but he can't do anything original. But he learns to do the Prometheus theme tune, which is really impressive, considering he probably hadn't seen the first movie. And the interesting thing is that he gets caught out over Byram. Um, he t- he says a piece, and Walter says it's me- Shelley did that, and it's like if you got that wrong, then you're broken. Well, only one imperfection destroys it, and so I like the fact that he thinks that the alien is perfect. The thing he's creating is perfection when it's actually this really dangerous, evil thing because he's 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 not advanced enough. Yeah, he's broken. I think it's 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 only subtle. It's one subtle little line in there that just made the that arc for me. Um, but I do think that it falls flat in the final act, personally, and it and then it feels hollow a little bit by the end. But I think it's a very good horror th- film with some really good themes running through it. It's a good sequel to Prometheus. Uh, do I really mind that it's a prequel to Alien? Yes, ish, because you know you can watch. You don't. You you should be able to watch Alien. It should be this horrible monster. It's a random event. They you know, they disturb it. Does it need to be engineered by robots who came from Earth? And it's like a one big circle. Like this, this whole big Wayman, like the Wayman in the past and the Wayman in the future is trying to get it back. Because like, having watched Alien 3, that's a big thing. You know, Wayman wants the alien. I, I don't know. I don't like the way it connects up. But I still think it's a pretty decent horror film. Um, uh, it's very it's gory as similar well. Similar to Prometheus. It's very to me. gory. I like it a bit more because I like that it is a bit more of a horror film. Um, I still love it. I think I don't think the characters are as strong as I say. The characters aren't as strong as Prometheus. I don't give a damn about most of the characters from Prometheus either. But I don't really care for any of the characters here. I think it's weird to get an alien film that has like this comedy James Franco cameo. Uh, even though it's not played for comedy, but it's just weird that it's James Franco. Uh, we just get an alien film with Danny McBride as a lead. I just they're all they're nothing, they're nothing. <laughs> comments are they? Um, it's I don't love it. It's similar to Prometheus, but I think it looks and sounds great. I think there's a lot of good stuff. Um, I think it's a tighter, it's more focused. There's a lot less plot lines going on, and the ones that are there are actually like blended together better. But it still, it sort of falls apart for me. Again, there's loads of just characters make constantly stupid decisions in these films. Like, there's a scene in this which I think is maybe my least favorite scene outside of every, all of AVP Requiem in this franchise. And it's, I'll see if I can 
remember it properly, it's when the guy's in the sick bay, and she, he um he has the is it the neomorph coming out of his back, which is yeah. really cool, and then she has a big fight with it and manages to get out and lock the door, and then she's like, right, now get a weapon and go back in. So she gets a weapon. <laughs> She goes back in, it manages Slips. to escape into the ship, and then she takes it out into like, the main like engine room, <laughs> and then she fires at the engine and blows the ship up. It's yeah. the most like stupid yeah. five minutes of filmmaking in the whole series. And I think it's just, well, this would be an it's awesome the fact film. That, it's the fact that both women in that scene slip. Like That's why it goes wrong. They both slip on blood. Slip on blood, yeah. Whoops. I think it's quite slippy, but like you could have that scene and make it awesome. Like if it got out of the room first, and maybe it blows up the ship or something. Like, but it's just it's just a dumb scene, and that's the thing. There's just a lot of scenes in this film that should be awesome and are really dumb. Like when David first like reveals the face hugger and Billy Crudup gets face hugged. This obviously untrustworthy Kurt Cobain looking robot that they found in a cave surrounded by monsters yeah. is like, yes, lean into the egg. Yes, look closer. Yes, put your face right over it. Billy Crudup's yeah. just like, yeah, go on then. He just it, leans it, over. It, it, like, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's not like it's like it's like it? when think... it's like when children like uh, like go closer to Pennywise. You're like, what are you doing? Stop it! And like, and I think kills... um, it's just there's just so much dumb stuff. I want I want to love it. Like, I think the the stuff with David and Walter is fantastic. It takes the characteristics we said of David earlier and shows how that can progress. How like his his want for humanity turned him evil. And I think that was quite cool. Like, in an effort to become more like us, he got worse. I think mm. that's really interesting. Then you get Walter, who's like an updated version. It's a bit less, has a bit less emotion. And the way you get them together and how David's trying to teach Walter and change him, it's really good. I think Michael Fassbender plays the two parts of it very well. Uh, I think when he hands him the flute and says, you, f- you finger and I'll do the blowing, yeah. is yep. the <laughs> funniest thing I've ever heard in I just, yeah, it's just, it's like I said, it's just, I want to love it, but there's so much dumb stuff. And then yeah. you move on from Alien Covenant and you move on to Alien 5 uh, in the last, whatever, half an hour. And I think it's just awful. It's just, we're going to do Alien 1, but we're going to do it bad. <laughs> we're going to do, they get the facehugger and then we think we've cured it and then it comes out and it kills some people and then we kill it really easily. Like, I think if you, the Xenomorph shows up, they find out it's on the ship, then 10 minutes later they've killed it. That takes the threat away from the Xenomorph. I get that in Aliens and in Alien Resurrection, there's a lot of people fighting them, but they are armed crews. And I'm not saying this is better than that Alien Resurrection is better than this. This is a better film than Alien Resurrection. But they are armed crews who have gone specifically to fight Xenomorphs, and they still, they kill some, but they still get slaughtered. In this, it should be like one and three. Well, there are people who have no way of fighting back and they're woefully underprepared. And that's why it's hard. And that's why one alien is a threat. One alien isn't a threat when a random underprepared ship can kill it in two minutes. Like, yeah. With a, what, like a, a crane? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, and I think that yeah. the changing the origin of the aliens to be that they were specifically designed, and I get that it's a transition of what the engineers did. But the fact that the alien as we know it, the xenomorph as we know it, was specifically designed to kill humans, I don't like that. I prefer it as, it's just, you go to space and sometimes you're going to come across the worst thing ever and it will kill you. And I think I think the original Alien films, one through three, is like, 
this is just a thing that exists out there in the universe. And it keeps And if you back. come near it, it will kill you. And it's something that Ripley very much says in two. She's like, lock it away. Don't let that get out into the universe. Yeah, and, and I think and, that that's like, and they don't, and that's, I think if, if they change that to be like, it's specifically designed to hunt and kill humans, that loses it for me. That loses like the part of the terror of the alien. Yeah, I, think, point, I don't want yeah. prequels to be directly trying to damage the, the films that they're prequeling. Yeah, well, I think this moves me on to a, a question then, because now we're talking about these two films together. Uh, was it Alien Awakening is what was meant to be the, the, the sequel to this? Whether that is ever going to happen is very debatable. However, I do know there is there is an Alien film coming to Hulu like next year. Uh, but Scott's already said it's probably not going to be related to the prequels. I just want to yeah. know, do you think there is, uh, you know, is there any point trying to add to the Alien franchise now? Because no. is there anything they could do better other than like trapping some humans with an alien again? I, I say no, but if you'd asked me five years ago, should, wait, when did Predator, the Predator come out? If you'd asked me after, when we were in the space between the Predator and um, Predators and Prey and Terminator Dark, no, the Predator and Terminator Salvation, I'm forgetting what the films even are, Genesis. If you had asked me in the space between Terminator Genesis and the Predator and Prey and Terminator Dark Fate, should they make more Terminator or Predator? I would have said, no, stop it. You perfected it originally. And now every time you do it, you mess it up. So stop. But then they both released these awesome films, Terminator Dark Fate and Prey. So like maybe Alien has an awesome film left in it that kicks ass. But I just won't know until they do it. But I think Alien also has a bigger track record of messing it up. <laughs> There's more yeah. of them and more of them suck. Yeah, and I'd say that we'll get on to Alien 3, but the first franchise is solid because it's one continuous story. It's like she can't get rid of this bloody thing. Because like Resurrection just brings her back as a clone and it's like, yeah. well, this like, is hollow. Alien um, would be less damaged as a franchise if it had ended after 3. Like the side stuff, the comics, the weird Batman crossovers... The video games, they could have happened. Mm. But if you'd ended the films after three, it would be a stronger franchise. I don't even think that um, Alien vs. Predator um, harms the original franchise. No, it doesn't. I don't think it harms those films. I think you could, they're, they're sort of separate franchises on their own, really, aren't they? Um, they're not. Uh, apart from the fact that you know, there is a xenomorph in Predator 2. But, right, should we. Have you got anything more to say about Alien Covenant? No. Uh, Prometheus. Um, okay. Should we talk about a film with yeah. almost nothing to say? At, at 11, we have Warner Brothers' second attempt at a sequel to T2, um, because Battle of Across Time was the first attempt. Uh, Rise of the Machines. Uh, there's something they try to do over and over again now, is they, they go, hmm, can we make Terminator 3 again? Um not going to lie, I think this is one of the most boring films I've ever seen. Uh, why is the most violent Terminator film a 12A? There's all these scenes of absolute horror going on just behind the camera. 
just out of view of the camera. Why is this a 12A? I do not get it. Why is Skynet back? I do not get it. Why is it called Skynet? Like, I, I just... Everything, every bone in my body rejects this film. Um, and and I, I don't know who the target audience is. Uh, I don't know, like, if they thought they were going to make money off this, re- redoing... Because well, it's, it's basically a retread of T2, except that instead of a small microchip, it's the government defense program or something. And, you know, I, the fact that Judgment Day happens at the end, it is a good twist, like, that he's he's not trying to save... He's not... That Arnie's not there to stop Skynet. He's there to get John Connor, so he's there in the future of the Resistance. But we've already stopped the future. And, and I hate the fact that it's again... And, how many times can they send someone back to fix someone in the like, like to save the future? It's 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 doomed. It's it's yeah. You know, we saw with the Rick and Morty episode, the the snake one, the the rattle rattle star Galactica. Like it's it's just continuous. Like and even even that film has a good idea. Why not send a Terminator back to Hitler? Like <laughs> surely that has more effect on the future than Skynet. Yeah, yeah. You, it's just you put a. You've done a Predator versus the Comanche tribe now. So, why can't we send a Terminator to World War II? Mm. Why can't we send a Terminator to the Roman Empire? Yeah. Cyberdyne. It's just so boring. And it's the fact that, like, John John Connor is, is nothing in this. Like, he's not the resistance hero in this at all. He's someone who's shoved away in the nuclear bunker. Like that's the whole point. He's got to survive so he can be great in the future again. That's okay when he's like a twelve-year-old because he's not an adult yet. But he's an adult in this, and he can't be that. It can't be that much further in the future. And the fact that like um, everything that will happen with Sarah Connor means nothing now uh, because there's a new Skynet and there's Cyberdyne and the Terminator's just there to do quips. And he, that's the worst thing about Dark Fate as well. I just hate this. It's so boring, and I'm—I don't know why it's so high up in this list. Because you put—I know you—you you, maybe because it's just got it so that much mediocre. Than you do. I think it's just because let's not forget how bad the films at the bottom of this list were. <laughs> um, I—I I don't hate it. I don't think it's a good film. Uh, I don't think it's a bad one either. I think it's very middle of the road Terminator stuff. I'd rather watch it over the convoluted mess of Jarnai Size or the or sheer boredom of whatever the other salvation is called. I'd rather watch over those any day of the week. I think there's fun to be had. I've rewatched it plenty of times, and I never go into a rewatch going, this time I'm going to skip it. Where I skipped salvation, um, obviously. Uh, I think there's some fun action set pieces. I think the story is decent enough. I think I don't like that it's Skynet again. I think at least Jano mm. Sice and Dark Fate have the common decency to say it's a new threat. It's not Skynet. Actually, no, Janus is Skynet, isn't it? But it's just like, it's changing it. It's mixing it into the Genesis program. Uh, I think Terminator Dark Fate does it best. It goes, this isn't Skynet anymore. This is a new threat. This is the Revenant, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I, I think to it's a discredit to the films before to exist because Terminator 1, they wrap it up. Terminator 2, it comes back to so go, okay, 
we can't just keep fighting these Terminators when they come back. We have to stop the problem at the root, and then they do. They save it. No fate but what we make. They made it. They made their fate. And then in this, it doesn't mean anything because Skynet happens anyway. No. Uh, but there's some fun action pieces. I think the, the villain, while it's no T, T-1000, whatever the villain T-2 yeah. is, it's no T-1000, but the Terminatrix it's TX, is, isn't it? is fun enough. Terminatrix. <laughs> it it is, but um, again, does, all the all the cool violence is, is off screen. It should be more violent. It's just off screen. It's, um, it's, I it's think so frustrating. I, I get you couldn't get Linda Hamilton back, and that ties your hands on what you do with Sarah Connor. So you've got to say, unfortunately, she's dead. But I think it's as in character as you can get from her being dead to have they go to her grave and she's not in it. It's full of guns instead. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's great. It's a fun little set piece. Yeah. Um, I, I've often said, is there a character, and this will go somewhere, I promise, is there a character in the MCU less consistent than Thor? I'd argue if there's one character in the history of cinema less consistent than Thor, it is John Connor because we've met him, what, five times? And he has yeah. not once been the same person. And I get, I get that in T2 he's a kid. And I get that here he's in his 20s. But there is no sense for me that these are the same person no. at all. Like, no. the John Connor that was being set up in T2, even though he's a whiny kid, isn't ending here. This coward hiding away on the streets. He's a passenger in his own story. Yeah. Like, I get there is... You could have done something really interesting with the fact that John Connor has been told his whole life by his mum that he's the future of the world. He will save the world. But and then, then no he that. joined in in changing that future and no longer he could. And there's something really interesting you could do with, this is a John Connor that's his whole life believed he's the future, he's going to change the world. Yeah. Even like a lot of it, he was like, he wasn't in touch with his mum, didn't believe her. After that event, obviously he would have. And you do like, what happens to a John Connor who was raised to be one thing and now he doesn't need to be? You could have done something really cool with that. And then like, you could have that moment where he yeah. switches back on. And you should... This is the film where you should see him become the John Connor of existence. Like, yeah, he and, should take and... charge. But he doesn't. He feels very passenger and sort of, like, lame. The actor does a good job with what he's given, but the, the, the way they write him is just really poor. And it's like you said, and then he ends up in a bunker at the end. His chemistry with Claire Danes isn't good. It should have been... If you Tell you what, here's the fix. This film... You do what I said with John Connor. You do what what you do with a John Connor who's like no longer done what he's raised for and then he switches and becomes the John Connor. Out with whoever plays him, in with Charlie Fox. <laughs> what, it becomes Daredevil? No, because then you do is you've got the Stardust chemistry with a fantastic <laughs> actor who I can believe as a middle step Charlie between Cox Edward Furlong in 2003? And... Let's have a look. Well, he might have been like five or whatever. He wouldn't be five. Uh, 82, so he'd been 21. He wasn't perfect. 82. 21, perfect. Perfect age. But- yeah. And then I can buy him, I can buy him as a middle step between Edward Furlong and the guy that we see in the uh, the intro to Terminator 1. Yeah, but... Even that, that guy, that, future that guy is the only person I look at and go, that's John Connor of the Resistance. <laughs> what with it? Did- the no, scars I, I, are I don't know what... I don't know why I think he has a he has a he has an eye patch in it for some reason. I'm thinking of snake snake Pliskin, but yeah, you are. No, he's, got, <laughs> he's just got a scar. No, I I get what you say about um, Sarah Connor. I have no issue with 
Sarah Connor dying because you know no, I don't have an issue with it, it. It's, it's the whole it's it's the it's the um, bittersweet of uh she can't be there to live in the world that she helped save you know it's the same thing as you know Frodo in in Lord of the Rings like he can't stay in that world despite everything he's, he's given and you know you you see it in the end of Game of Thrones with Daenerys. She's finally won, but she can't be <laughs> there to rule. Careful. No, no, but but yeah, it's 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 the bittersweet mm-hmm. ending of a lot of things, and yeah, and, and that's why I don't really mind the start of Dark Fate either, where it it twists, it flips it. It's not Lin, it's not it's not Sarah Connor who dies. It's John Connor. Like John Connor can't live in this world because the because yeah, he's still hunted down, and although he fought to save it, this future John Connor doesn't become a hero. And but I do like he's not washed up enough in this. You know, he's not yeah. a mess. He's he's what what how what was his what were his college years like? What were his rest of his school years where he kept you know with his mother back? Like was his mother aggressive no. with him and none of it, it, none of that, Reese. He steals yeah. tranquilizers from the vets. Yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> like, now do, do you know what though? There's another thing they don't lean into that they should. And there's a really interesting wrinkle you can get out of the terminator that they send back to protect him in this one is the Terminator that killed John Connor, right, in the future. You could do something so interesting with that, and they just don't. It's like they take all these concepts, introduce them, and then immediately forget to do them. Having seen Terminator 3D battle across time, it's like, I I can't think of another way they could have, like, extended the franchise. Uh, Have you seen it? No. So it's about... It, it's it's a twenty minute rip off of um of, of T two basically. It's got all the nice. same characters. There's bits on stage. There's a three D bit on the stage on on the screen, but the only difference is is that uh, instead of going back in time, um, Arnie comes back in time and he takes Edward Furlong, young John Connor, into the future, and they have to do a fight in the future. They have to fight the the T one thousand who follows them into the future as well. And it's it's really cool. They literally they they ride the bike through time. It's very cool. It, it's very strange because it's got like actors like the 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 um, the T one thousands faces covered. A lot of Arnie's faces covered because it's not really him. Um, <laughs> you know, Edward Furlong's there and Linda Carter. Linda Carter. Linda Hamilton. Linda Carter. There. Wow. But um, and I just think if 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 any way you could extend this franchise, and we we've already talked about how. You know, the way they, they do Terminator now is they pick a new threat because AI really isn't a problem. Like, because it's because it because AI is really stupid because the people who code it are really stupid as well. Maybe they do something when they travel into the future instead where he needs, you know, he needs the help of Sarah Connor to help. He needs Sarah Connor from the past to go and help John Connor in the future because John Connor is depressed or whatever, like not <laughs> or in the war. That's the only way I could think that they could bring it in. Um, but for, nah, for me, for me, send them t- to the past. Nah, but I, again, I don't know where that fits either because I don't care. Is... I don't need it to fit the story. I just need it to be cool. Because like Dark Fate, it's a different threat. It's they're not. It's not about John. Just send them somewhere bloody cool. That's all I want. <laughs> Or just leave it and send other cool things back in time and make it not make it not Terminator. Send them to fight Amber Mid Thunder. <laughs> she's just finished fighting the Predator, and then the next day <laughs> she sees this metal. Foot. Da, 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 da. Yeah, 
again, I, I really don't have much to say about this film other than the fact that it's really boring. And I, I hope I, I, I've tried to not speak about it. That's how bored I am of it. And I said, I, I watched five of these six films over the last few days just to rehash. This, I didn't bother rewatching this one because I'm not subject to myself to the boredom. But the ending is really cool where he's like, he hears the screams of the world as, as Armageddon is unleashed. Yeah, um, he's in the bunker, isn't he? Is this the film, I can't even remember if they kept it in or just deleted scenes, where they reveal that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a Cyberdyne employee general who the um, Terminator is based off. He's got all the like clips of him with the American accent. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Weird. This is that. Um, yeah, it's um, how how the T eight hundred was created, isn't it? Yeah, and he's going through the production line. He's just smiling at camera. Barney. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Should we move on from this film as quickly as possible? Because there are yes. there are better films to speak about. Uh, the next one on our list, this is number 10, I think. Yes, number 10 is uh, the first of two Predator films we're going to speak about today. It is 2010's Predators. Now, Ooh. I was wrong about this film. Because it was made in Trouble Vision, I assumed that Robert Rodriguez um, directed it. But it wasn't. It was directed by Nimron Antal, uh, despite Robert Rodriguez writing the story. This is filmed in uh, Trouble Vision. It is filmed in trouble. It's trouble I'm not at real sets, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're, I, they're they're all real as well. There's there's, there's barely any green screen of this. Um, I ju- I was really disappointed with this film. The first time I'd watched this film, uh, it was just after AVP and AVP two. So maybe I was on a bit of a oh, it's good to not watch a terrible film, and I probably bumped it up. But I found this film really juvenile and edgy it really pissed me off um the way it was written uh, i didn't like any of the characters um and i know they're not meant to be likable characters but i just didn't like the way they were written you know it's it, it's just the, the the dialogue often felt unnatural the delivery wasn't great and again and edgy you got you got there's a bit well, Walton Groggins' character, I know he's meant to be a very bad person, you know, the bad prisoner who's done horrific things. But there's a literally a two or three minute scene where he literally says, man, I can't wait to rape some bitches. And you just like, stop. come on, stop, just stop. Like, and, and, and do you know what? You know, he's a terrible character. So does he need a, does he need a reason to say these terrible things? No, because he's a terrible, deranged character. But it just felt like they were trying to be edgy. Um, as for the act, the action's really badly done. Like there is, and there is a lot of it. Like there's a lot of shooting, and there's this one really bad, badly done sword fight. You know, it it just it it's it's it it doesn't have a, a director good enough to deliver the film that it was trying to do for me. But it is really creepy. You know, you've got Lawrence Fishburne being weird uh, with his with his imaginary friend and gassing them danny trejo's fake fake please um, oh that's so good yeah uh you've got you've got you've got um the two predators fighting each other which is pretty cool um i like the hunger games battle royale setting you know they're like stuck on this enclosed planet uh they can't get get off um, and there's just nowhere to go like... and there's nowhere to glow uh there's nowhere to go um and you know i don't like adrian brody is 
a poor Mr. man's Hugh Jackman. He's clearly trying to do Hugh Jackman in this, and he's just not charming enough. Like you to be a, to be this horrible mercenary, I think you have to have a little bit of charm about you that he tries to portray in this. There's none of it. Um, what do you think of this film? Because I look at this film quite differently to you. Uh, this was my favorite Predator sequel until they finally made a great one. Um, I <clears throat> I think it's the concept of it is so good to me. It's like it's this bunch of killers. But different types of killers. You've got soldiers, you've got mercenaries, um, you have straight up murderers, you have psychopaths, like killer doctors and stuff. Like and I love like the reveal of that. Like there's this one guy that's like, he's just a doctor, he's not like a ruthless killer like the rest. Then that, that switch flip at the end. Uh, I think no one plays unhinged quite like Topher Grace. Uh, he does it in a way that's like this performance isn't that good. Uh, it's actually terrible, but I could watch it for hours. It's the same reason as Venom works. It's like, this is awful, but in a way I don't want to look away. Uh, and it's the same way in this when he poisons her with the plant and then like ditches her in the thing. It's like, this is just horrible, but yeah, I just want, like, it's, it's not good, but show me more. <laughs> uh, I think Adrian Brody, he's a great actor. He's just miscast in this. Like, he doesn't fit the role he's in. I think the side cast will do. Uh, Danny Trejo, Obviously, great. I, I think the other character, I think Lawrence Fishburne, fits his role well. Mm. I think it's got... I, I just love the idea of this. It's this group of killers. They're dropped on this planet. There's no escape. The whole thing is, how long can you survive with these predators hunting you? And I think it's cool that it's like, we've only ever seen predators go to places and find their prey. And here, it's they specifically pick their prey and they make a game out of it. And I like that you get the different types of predators... Like you get them at like the proper big hunter ones. You get the falconer ones with the little drones. You get like the the ones that have the the, the packs of dogs. So like you see how each different type of predator hunts, and it's a good like it's the same thing I really like the predator two did, where it expands the predator lore without just spending too much time with them. Yeah, like you get you get that good sense of it, and even though they never directly say in the film like here's this type and this type and this type, you just get it because the designs and the unique weapons and stuff is so good. I, I think it's it's shot great. I don't think it sounds great. I don't think any of the Predator movies do. They keep reusing the same soundtrack. Like, they think it's iconic <laughs> when it's not really, is it? <laughs> like, no. Um, I think the the Lawrence Fishburne side quest, it's good. Feels really out of place, I think. But it's a good way the character's learning, like, it's hopeless. Yeah, th- there's a lot to love. But then there's a lot of, like, like you said, there's just amateur stuff. Like, I don't need to have them be like, ah, the way that we're going to tell this character is evil is he's going to tell all the others that he can't wait to rape someone. It's like I don't, I don't need that. There are other ways to show a character is evil. Yeah. Like you, you would just, you could just, you cast Walton Goggins, and then it's implied that you got an evil character. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you just, there's, it's a film that, it's like you said, it hasn't quite got the director it needs. I think there's a lot to love in it. It just doesn't quite get there, and that's why it sits I'm pretty much directly in the middle of my list. Like, yeah. I like it more than some of the other Predator sequels. Uh, it's not ableist and offensive like the predator mm. i think the the actual like dread and tension and setting of it is used better than predator 2 for me but it doesn't it is just it's not quite there but it almost is i think I, if you change the cast around you fix a bit of the action and you tidy up the dialogue you've got a yeah. cracking film i i like i i did enjoy the fact that the humans were 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 a match for the predator as what well, the predators as well like I, 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 it was very believable. Like they, they do say early on that yeah, for for a, you need a 
to, to trap something, you need you need something that weighs five times the, the thing you're trying to trap. And these things are massive and mm. stronger. They're bigger than us. They're heavier than us. But yet, you know, when the guy fights the katana, the guy with the massive gun, and he, you know, he uses the grenades to blow him up. Uh, the third one is killed by Brody at the end and Alicia Braga. Like, I believe that I believe that I believe that they are a match for them because because you, you're shown throughout how how good killers they are and you know it's it's the ones that like um, sacrifice are the ones that like more able to kill the kill the predators because they got more behind it like you know the 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 Tova Grace the doctor says I want to live amongst these people and you look at them going you're not going to survive though because you look yeah, out for die. yourself you have to work think- as a team. I think I, I found it really interesting that they leave them their weapons as well. That they they take them from Earth, but they leave them the exact weapons that that person would have. Yes. Um, because that's part of the predators thing, right? Like they won't hunt someone who's unarmed. Mm. I, I found it really interesting. There's one scene that they just straight up lied about in the trailer in this, and it's when they get out of Lawrence Fishburne's ship, uh, and they're outside in the area, and like Agent Brody turns and he sees the predator stood ahead and he just like shines the three dots onto him um that scene in the trailer was those three dots appeared and then it went and like loads appeared on him and i was like oh whoa that just doesn't happen it's one like (laughs) there are predators in it like but that's not what they yeah again I, I, i do think it's a solid action film like like it's got all the beats it's got badass characters but i just i i think Different director, tightening up of the character script. Maybe lose one of the mercenaries because you know Trejo and um, and Ali are killed off pretty quickly early into this. And I know you need some cannon fodder, but but don't yeah. waste your like best actors on the cannon yeah fodder. yeah don't no, don't waste your best actor. <laughs> like, Trouble no. Vision. <laughs> He's machete. Yeah. This well, they were, saying, they, were fil- they were filming Desperado at the same time as this, I'm pretty sure. That's shot in um, Also, um, they, they, they get a, an elite sniper and she barely does any sniping. Like she, she shoots one dog lying down, but that's not really a snipe shot, is it? I mean, wouldn't it be good if she camp her up in the... Because surely like, the predators want... Because the predator fights the katana with his sword. Maybe, maybe they should have done it more where they fight each... Because this is this this is what they, they should fight each mercenary with the weapon of their choosing. Because the the thing that maybe not annoyed me about prey, but I didn't like the fact that like every time the predator was defeated, it just brought out a new weapon that that was that was even more overpowered than the last one. And he just like oh, this. I, I I do get it. The, these predators are meant to be like. Um, you know, like um, hunters, like 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 uh, trophy hunters, like now where, yo yo, oh look at this, I killed a lion. Yeah, you used a gun. Like it's not impressive. Like that you shoot something. Uh, so these are like really like the, the snobs of the predator world, yeah. and they like they got it's all like the, the they got all the gadgets. But that's what I like about it's like the Sontarans, isn't it? The Sontaran strategy. Yeah, like they turn off the enemy's guns. Yeah, so you're not sh- you're not like winning the battle. You're cheating. Like, cheating, and yeah. that's why I'm. <laughs> I would like a strip down, a strip down. <laughs> I would like a strip down predator. I bet you would. And that's why I liked it at the. Well, that's why I liked it at the end. And is it, it, we'll talk about predator two. Is that predator two loses all its gadgets and it's like, oh shit, oh, oh no, I know, I, I, I don't know, I don't really know how to fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. 
I would have um, liked. I would have liked a sequel of this. I, I, I would have liked to see a follow up. And it's weird because you almost do because there's a shot at the end of the Predator where they call him into the base and we're putting together a task squad to fight predators. Here's our main weapon, and then they've got that box that's human shaped, haven't they? Yeah. And it opens up, and a tiny dro- a tiny drone comes out, and then puts a human shaped suit on. I was going to say Bryce Dallas Howard then yeah. on Boyd Holbrook, like. But that is it painfully not... clear to you that in that box it should have been Adrian Brody? Like he's like they've got this guy who's been living on a predator world for like <laughs> a decade. Yeah. And like fights his way out. He gets See, I out. I thought I thought that's where like, he. I thought that's where the Arnie cameo would have been. I see. I always thought. I thought it felt set up that Adrian Brody was going to come out of that box, Adrian like the expert of fighting predators. Like, but he's like on our turf now. Like, but no, it's a tiny droid. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I'm I'm happy that uh, well, there were talks of a prequel with Fishburne's character, but that would have just been the the same. It's, it's weird same that you film. was there ever even like a comic book or anything. It's like a sequel to what Adrian Brody did next. Uh, no. Okay, oh, really oh yeah, no. There, there's, there's a, yeah, there was a tie-in Dark Dark Horse comic series. Oh, there you go then. I should read that. That'd probably be cool. Okay, so going from one Predator film to the next, uh, at number nine, uh, we've got Predator Two. Yeah, Predator Two. Uh, this is where this is one of the films I consider to be one of the big six. Uh, yeah, the first two films of each of the franchises. For me, they're all really good. Like the, these first, the first two films of each of each uh, of these franchises are fantastic. Like I, I, I struggle to, I struggle to split this with Predator. I love, I really like, um, but this, 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 this film just as much as the first. First of all, it's got a fantastic tagline. One of the best. Uh, he's in town with a few days to kill. I love the setup of well at the time it was a future LA nineteen ninety seven where you know the drug the drug mules the the gangs the the they have taken over LA basically and you know I love that I love that scene early on where they go into the police department and it's just full of people and and uh, gang members and people who have been oppressed and like what what you don't see a lot of in this film apart from that old woman in the end is that you don't see civilians because it's obviously too dangerous to live in i like the fact i like the idea that uh the predator is you know i, I know it's from wizard was the lions the tigers the bears he's trying to find who's the lion of the town and it's this it's this uh old uh old cop with a bro- with a, with a bad back and who could barely run and he's, he's getting he's too like, old for this shit yeah he's the hunter he's the main hunter um i love the crude language throughout as you said that there's stuff like uh shit happens um <laughs> would you like some candy and uh i think it's got a great array of side characters who come in like we start and uh harrigan immediately loses his partner danny you know he's killed in a horrific way and then we get Bill Paxton, who gets also who, uh, of all three franchises he appears in, I prefer him in this to even Aliens. Really? Uh, yeah. Bill Paxton Aliens is my favorite. He, Bill but Paxton he's ever. he's great in this because he's like, oh, I'm an expert. Yeah, I'm our an first, expert. we should point I'm... out our first. We're going to talk about Bill Paxton three times in the, yeah. these episodes, and this is our um, first one. And yeah, he gets a really grim death as well. And then of course, the, is it on the, the, the subway? Yes. Uh, and yeah. then he yeah, and then he gets. Drag, his he gets his head gets dragged off into the sewers. Um, is this the film where 
and I, I don't know if I've like totally made up this memory like Mandela affected myself. Is this the film where someone makes the joke on the subway about how like the predator will only fight someone armed? Then everyone on the subway reveals that like yes they've got a weapon. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a good like it shows like how crime ridden this area has become that everyone on that subway car and you know a weapon. the the. The, the I think the, the action, the fight scenes in this are fantastic as well. I love Danny Glover in this. I think he is phenomenal as uh, Harrigan. I think he just absolutely, you believe that he's this awesome cop because he's been in, you know, he's been in all these bad situations against all these drug mules. They, they all, they're all terrified of him. Like these, they, they, these, these big drug lords, they, they, they respect him. They're terrified of him. There's a bit where he goes with King Willie and King Willie won't touch him. Because he's like, if that if, if they touch it, he knows that he'll get beaten back, and then get then King really gets mur- King killed Willie. in the most horrific way, and then you cut, and he's like, he's he's cleaning his skull. Oh, I love it. Yeah, there's so much to this film I love. Um, I, I I maybe slightly prefer it to the to the first Predator, just about. Uh, wow. I think it's I think it's it it falls in line with um, films like uh, Escape from New York. Uh, the Warriors is another one that I think um, it emulates. Just that you go into this really hot, gritty uh, future city that is just falling into chaos, and you've just got some people trying just to get through it, and you've got people who have to rule in it. You know, they've got people who have to keep the the order, and it sort of laughs in the face of um, like heroic heroic policemen as well, where. Yeah, this guy. The, although, although he does the right things, he's this guy's not a, really a hero, is he? Um, he does some really questionable things throughout the throughout the film. Yeah, they they read off his record and how many people he's killed. Like loads yeah, of he's he's, he's killed so many like, people. Um, thing is, he's a he's a warrior. It's why he becomes the main yeah. like. Well, he's the lion, and again, that that ending is so powerful. Like, can you imagine sitting in the theater? I just 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 try and imagine you're in 1990. And you watch the first Predator film, and then they f- they finish the fight, and he's finally killed that Predator, and like like he uh, in in and he deserves it. He he you know he slowly disarms the Predator throughout the film, and then finally when it's one on one, he's better than him. No, he's better than fighting than him. And then all these others show up, <laughs> and he gives him the gun, and he gets shown respect. Like I would have been, I would have been crying instead of a like if it would be. Have you seen the uh, the trailer for this? I have not. It's so good. It just it makes you think it's a trailer for like just an eighties crime drama set in LA. It is an eighties crime drama Um, set in LA. And then like just at some point in the trailer there's a predator and it's like Predator Two. It's like what huh? I am I don't love Predator Two as much as you do. Your enthusiasm for it makes me want to give it another go. But every time I watch it, it's like there's there is cool stuff here, but it doesn't all come together much for me. I don't I don't think the setting is as well utilized as it could be. I think you you say the pitch, you say you've taken the predator, we've seen him in an isolated jungle far away from like heavy civilization. Uh, and now we're putting him in the city. We're putting the predator in the concrete jungle. Uh, as I think they coined the phrase a few times. Well, it's the opening shot, um, isn't it? Where it rises from the trees yeah. and then it reveals Yeah. LA. I think it it's a cool concept. I don't think it really works for me i think where i, I love i do like that it's an 80s crime drama with a predator thrown in but i like the predator 
at its best when it's a more simple streamlined. Here's the predator in a location. Here's its prey. And here's how that prey is fighting back. And I think here, there's so much going on. There's the, the actual, like, having to fight the crime gangs as well. Having to, like, deal with the bureaucracy of the police department and the corruption in the police department. I think that all of that going on takes the focus away from the predator a little bit for me. I, I don't think it blends together as well as I think you do. I think the cast are fun. Um, but I I don't really love a lot of them that much. I think outside of Gary Busey, Danny Glover and Phil Paxson, I forget a lot of the other characters. I don't think the action is as well done for me as in the first film. Uh, I think like the chase at the end through the apartments and stuff is quite goofy. Uh, I, I don't know. I think there's an incredible shot of him in the sewer when he does the spine thing. Yeah, I, think that's really mm. cool. I, I do like what you said about how the predator gets its weapons like stripped away throughout the film because it's this predator's packing like it's got even more weapons than the first one. Like, cause isn't isn't the smart disc in this film for the first time? Yeah, uh, like, it's also a bird. He comes like he's with got, so he's many got laser beak as well. And, like, oh no, that's you that's put predators. it like, you put it like totally right. Like <clears throat> this predator comes in with so many weapons that when they're all taken away, he's he's kind of useless. And you feel like maybe the other predators know that too. I adore the scene at the end of this, where the other predators show up and they reward him yeah. with that pistol and like the winning. Easter eggs in the ship. Yeah, I'd love, love all that. Um, I think, and I think there's um, there's a sense of, I think the the direction is lacking for me. I think the sound and visuals never fully land in a way that like takes me out of the film slightly, but. This is not a bad film. This is it's, it's a good movie. There's there's a lot to like in it. I just don't love it as much as you do. I think that um, King Willie uh, saying when he says um, you don't see the eyes of the demon uh, until him can call in, I think is one of the coolest lines. In the also, also, El Scorpio is ready. I love it. He just he s- snorts all that cocaine and then <laughs> Scorpio <Yeah>. is ready. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, there's there's stuff to love. I just don't. I I I, I th- love all of it. What what I do agree with you about the action scenes and it, it's it's obvious even with the subway one. Like it, it is, I, I do think it's an effective action scene because you know it's Bill Paxton taking a stand so the passengers can escape. But like just before that, like the shootout, uh, and there are other examples um, where although the after stuff of the of the fights are gruesome like they don't hold back on the on the flayed men or the people hanging from places yeah it's, it's just it lands it's in obvious like, it's it obvious that again this 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 film i think was originally filmed as an nc17 and lots of cuts had to be made to to give to get it that r rating and you can i i'd say that the majority of those bits are the most those cuts are definitely from the action scenes like they probably had very extravagant gory deaths lined up but some of them had to be a bit off screen because well we got to get that r rating so it makes money um what i think is most pleasing about this film now and i don't think i would have said this um a couple of months ago when we did the first part is that we finally got the rightful sequel to it or at least rightful follow-up to it um as soon as i saw the end of this film today i was like yeah, we need to, 
know, we need to see more of them going back in time. Where did he get the gun from? Like, not specifically the gun, like, Ooh. but like you saw that Ooh. you saw the you saw like the um you saw the all the trophies, the different skulls and stuff, and the different ornaments. And you're thinking, yeah, that I'm I'm so like surprised that like a sequel like 1993 there wasn't predator 3 it's basically the first thing i said when i stopped watching this day is where's predator 3 and like was there one was there one written uh was there one planned because this film didn't make a great amount but it made enough um and you know um the the comic series you know, the comic series that followed up um uh, was was from 1996 yeah when predator 1718 the one that the, the, that's that's loosely based on, uh, that prey is like loosely based on. Um, it is a dark horse comet that exists, um, and so I was really surprised that that we had to wait thirty two thirty two years for Predator Three, and it's really good, like it's fantastic, and maybe yeah, you know, yeah, the 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 cast are excellent in it, but that's a film that should be made thirty years ago. Uh, I'm I'm really surprised that. We had to wait this long for it. Um, 13 to 8. Ooh. And that 8th film is from the Alien franchise. What? Uh, and it is... Oh, of course it is! Alien Cubed. Do you know what? The the single most underrated film on this entire list. People talk about these films. And everyone says, okay, Predator, Alien, Aliens, Terminator, Terminator 2. Fantastic. And then people say... Everything else sucks until Ooh. Prey comes out, and I was like, Prey. But Predator, Alien 3, Alien Cube, is underrated as hell. Sure, yeah. it was development hell. Like, sure, some of the other versions sounded cooler. I think the alien attacking the treetop village on the forest planet sounds awesome. But what we got, you cannot deny, is awesome. Yeah. You, they, it's not, sure, they don't let David Fincher fully David Fincher it, but he's still there. I think there is a perfect cut of this film that doesn't exist because uh, I think there's a mixture between two cuts that would be ideal. You've got the original, which has a lot of very cool stuff in it. And it's where all the concepts, the characters and all that comes from. You have the assembly cut that fixes a lot of, I think where the first, some of the audio and visuals are awful. Like there's a scene at the start where they go out in the wreckage to the wreckage of the ship, Ripley's ship. And you can't hear a thing that's happening. In the assembly cut, that's all tidied up. It's fixed. A lot of that is edited. I think if you take the fix, the fixing of the editings of that, uh, and you combine it with some of the story aspects I prefer from the original cut, like I prefer the alien coming from the dog, and that's why it's got all these feral aspects. I think the introduction of what the alien comes from changes its personality. I find that really cool, and I think it's weird that in the assembly cut, it comes out of a dead cow instead. It just doesn't. That doesn't work as well for me. I think if you take the dog side of things and put that in the assembly cut, you have one hell of a movie. I think it looks incredible. I think the prison is such a well-realized setting. When you go outside, the wide shots are gorgeous, but you've got inside, there's a lot of long, dimly lit, with that like, yellow lighting corridors that allow for some, like, really, like... They're shots that, like, are really framed. Like, when they're um, in the giant fan room, and he picks up the face hugger, and you've got him like framed against the light coming from the fan. And he's like, mm. "What's this?" And it's like the, the when he picks it up and it just hits. It's like, okay, there's an alien in the the prison now. I think yeah. the, the idea of this is a prison. I mean, so there's, there's a, no weapons allowed. There's a great really shot great. before that as well, where 
um, the cleaner or the person working in the fan looks in and you know, the alien turns and it reminded me of the shot in um, well in in, a, in the first alien where uh, the guy looks up and you can see uh, they don't even hide the alien it's hanging there and it's the first yeah. time we see the alien it's just hanging yeah. there it's just and it's hanging like there. It's and he, he he puts like the light down and then the the head turns you're like wow this guy's but it's like <laughs> because you haven't seen it for full yet you don't fully realize what you're looking at yet I mean, I'd yeah, say that's cool. the I'd say that's the only time in the entire film that the CG alien works where it's, yeah I don't it's... I don't like the CG alien there's a practical one at a lot of points in the film that looks yeah, a lot and better. even that's yeah, even that looks a bit awkward as well though yeah but there, there's lots of it the cast Charles Dance Paul McGann awesome yeah Ralph I think, Brown as I said that the prison of like this is like weapons aren't allowed that immediately it's just more interesting because it's and even though two is incredible i think putting it back in the location where it's like these people are so unprepared the one person who knows what they're doing is ripley and no one here will trust them that's fine i don't hate that they killed off newt i think i don't, I don't hate that like i think like and even if they had brought newt back what after cryo sleep she's all of a sudden five or six years older like well i, I don't hate that i think when Ripley doesn't have time to mourn because Ripley is so broken by this point that her first instinct when she finds out Newt is dead isn't, I'm going to mourn. It's do an autopsy right now. Cut open her chest. Like, I, that's really interesting. Um, I think it's that, I think it shows how broken Ripley's become. I think knowing and her sacrifice at the end, knowing she's got that in her in this one, and like knowing that like this is the end of Ripley, it comes to like her into her meeting with the real bishop at the end, and then her sacrifice into the lava, the way she rallies everyone to team up, the way that like because it's in a prison, the people aren't like in the other films, the moral, the first one, the goal is survive. The second one, the goal is kill the aliens. In this one, you can't trust everyone to have the same goal because these aren't morally like right people these are very morally gray or in some cases evil people and you get like even paul mcgann's character when like he doesn't look at it as this is a monster to, to kill he looks at it as this is the beast i must serve it like yeah so he like lets well, that's it out in the assembly it's, isn't I it? think it's just yeah like there's there is so much really really cool stuff in here and it's not perfect like you said the special effects don't work i think there's a mixture there's stuff in each version that's worse than the other like but it's I can't fathom how some people call this the worst one. Or the, like worst the worst one of all time. Yeah, yeah, but it's, I, I think it's damn good. Like uh, Sammy recently asked this: How would you watch the Alien and Predator films? And I am definitely, I'm, I'm defiantly adamant that though you got, although you got Alien and uh, you got Alien and Aliens, and then you've got Predator and then Predator Two. Although Predator Two comes out before this. I'm always adamant that you watch the first, you watch Alien, the first three as a trilogy, because you have to watch this film immediately after Aliens, because the fir- the f- the first act is the perfect epilogue to Aliens, although it's very sad, and that we lose Hicks, and we oh, lose Nuke. Uh, technically, uh, we don't. I don't know if you've ever heard the the game Alien Colonial Marines, which is terrible. Did you say clones? Uh, no, it's called Alien Colonial Marines. It's okay. a video game. It's awful. But your character in that one uh, swaps pods with Hicks. So Hicks goes off and survives. And your like, lame, faceless, like, cliche character gets in his pod instead. And that's who dies. 
yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a load of bollocks. Um, yeah, it is a load of bollocks. That's a load of bollocks. Um, <laughs> again, that first 25 minutes is both harrowing because, you know, we lose we lose all our favorite characters from the second film, but also the fact that she has to, she has to do the autopsy. And that, that autopsy scene is really sad as well. Cause you, you can tell she's really hurting in it as well. Like you can tell. And, um, you know, he opens the, he opens the chest and it's full of fluid cause, cause she drowned. Uh, I think Charles dance is fantastic in this. Um, he's so good. Uh, he, I, I knew that the, the original person meant to play him was Richard E. Grant. Cause to keep up the with nail and I stuff, um, but oh, with nail and I rules. And I, like, and like, I, it is funny. Like, like you never, you never told me your backstory. Here is my backstory. Two seconds later, he's dead. <laughs> like, oh, he's gonna die. I can see it. It's coming. Uh, I, I do like um, the, the 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 priest guy. Was it? Is it played? By, uh, is it? Is it Dylan? Uh, Leonard, Leonard Dylan, who um, who like beats all the other prisoners, prisoners up into being like holy. Uh, Pete Postlewaite comes out of nowhere, like halfway through the film, oh, and, yeah, then, and then he's like the bait at the end, and it's he's meant to be really clever, but he gets stuck. I think Paul McGann making Paul McGann really ugly is is a choice by a director. It's a very difficult a thing difficult to do. Choice, but... um, and again, you've got Danny Webb from Impossible Planet in this, who plays like a nutcase as well. And like, like he he turns out he's the only survivor, isn't he? Like of all the people to survive, it's yeah. the absolute nutcase who. <laughs> But he does the right thing in the end. You know, he helps Ripley to to destroy the alien. Uh, and again, the powerhouse behind this film is um, is is is, a, is Ripley. Uh, she's an absolute oh, titan. Sigourney Weaver, absolute titan of cinema character. Um, she gets in this film what I think is maybe the most iconic shot of her character in the whole franchise, and it's when she's pinned against the wall with the the face that coming out to her. Yeah, incredible. Like you uh, see, almost every time people like write an article about Ripley or the franchise, that picture's in there. And quite often, it's the cover. Yeah, and you know, I th- so for, cool. for me, my my favorite scene in the entire franchise in this film as well, where she took she talks to the broken bishop, and Bishop's like, "Can you please terminate me because this is hell." Oh, uh, it's you so hit- sad. Yeah, and like, like you've got the you've got the half deflated face, and the you've got the the liquid coming out, and and it just makes it yep. hit harder, doesn't it, when the real one shows up at the end? Because like yeah. this bishop, she was friends with this bishop, like yeah. And I, I, it's actually Wayland. Like he actually turns up. I thought he gets killed because because eighty five slams him in the back of the head and he's just fine. Um, I, that, that's what I like as well is that like everyone's on the side. Like you think you think eighty five is going to be the the good guy. Like he's gonna he, that's going to help Ripley because he's the second in command. And but but as soon as he gets the orders from higher up from Wayland he's the one that like instigates Wayland landing and then it's it's too late until he realizes he's done the wrong thing and like he should have listened to the prisoners um quite a good tragic character that really because you know he's he's not that far away from going home um he's got a wife and family but he's not very clever and he just constantly gets bullied and so as soon as um as soon as Andrew gets like taken out which is quite funny he take a little like a He's just talking. There's no threat, and he gets whip, what gets ripped up into the ceiling. And yeah, I think I really enjoyed this film. Um, I think it's got a good tone to it. I think it's dark. Uh, I think all the performances are fantastic. It looks awesome. It does look awesome, and it looks better. Apart from the maybe assembly. maybe not the alien itself, but like I think the assembly cut 
does look better as well um, than the original. Um, uh, and again, you know, the sad dog at the start. And it's got all the little things from all the best horror films I can think of just, just crammed in. Um, yeah, I just, I just wish there was the, the one perfect version. I wish there was yeah. one that combined combined both halves. And it's a shame that we probably won't get it. Because like Blade Runner, they were obviously they could keep fixing it until they made the perfect one. But this, David Fincher, he just doesn't like to talk about it. He wants to forget it happened. Yeah. So and... I just don't think we'll ever get that perfect middle cut. You, I think you just combine the two slightly. And any any film, any horror film that can slip in a don't run, don't run with scissors joke is in is is brave like he didn't have to keep that in where the guy's running with scissors like well, don't don't hold him like that hold him like this you can stab yeah. you can hurt someone like it's fantastic just, it's the most successful trilogy out of these franchises because predator didn't finish it no uh terminator fell off a cliff as yeah. you said uh but even i don't hate that third film but here to go from alien one and alien two which are masterpieces of their genres uh, different genres, uh, and then to follow up with this, which although not perfect, is still really solid. And not only that, but to do what a lot of things don't get the chance to do, and give what if you stop here is a definitive, excellent ending to the trilogy. Yes, and it's the only and ending. It's the only after, ending. When you finish this film, would you say confidently, "Man, I really hope Joss Whedon writes her coming back to life." As a clone, but for a sequel. As a clone, as a <laughs> yeah, like, and because, but because she had the alien queen in her. Now she's, she's because maybe she's an alien, alien clone as well, so she has super strength and yeah. stuff like that. And Josh has... Whedon should have kept his grubby little mix <laughs> off the end of this franchise. It's not his. It's not his style. They already know, wrapped and, it up. And I like they, they they do sum it up in this as well as that. Is is that you go to this prison full of absolutely like horrible, irredeemable characters, and yet when it comes to do you side with these expendable characters who are the awful, or, or the worst of humanity at this point, or do you side with the horrible big um, intergalactic company, the company, like you you side with the really awful prisoners who've yeah. done terrible things and. But it's interesting, isn't it? To to put you in a movie when no one's really actually like right, except Ripley. Ripley. Like Yeah. And I think if you'd wanted to carry on the franchise after this, I don't think the goal should have been let's keep going bigger, let's keep doing different, let's keep sticking with Ripley. I think you just do a you just do another group finds the alien. Like you just go back to basic, do something simple. Maybe the alien ends up fighting this Comanche yeah, warrior girl who's just beat a predator, and then the next day she's fought a Terminator. Then the next day she finds this egg. Because <laughs> I, I don't think that um, Resurrections is too far away, either. I, I don't think I don't think Resurrection is is like obscenely far away from what is a good like. Um... No, but here's the thing, though, Reese. But but it's but crap. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but. The, the whole idea of here, here's this um, ship of mercenaries that picks up an alien or a load of aliens, and then but they're going back to Earth. But the and issue so, is, you... and so, so and so the, the 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 threat of that film is that is that they are going back to Earth. And, but and, you put cause... Ripley in it, and you put that mutant alien. You cut that, 
you tighten up that other concept, that's where this franchise needs to go. And I hope is it Noah Hawley doing the, the rest? Is that right? Mm, yeah. I think I think if that's what he does, if he separates himself from the mythology, like we're ditching Ripley, we're not worrying about the origin stuff anymore. That's all happened. We're just doing a the aliens are out there in the universe, and here's a new threat involving them. I think there's a chance to do something really interesting, and that's what I hope they do with that TV show. In fact, with the TV show, I hope there's not even an alien in the first episode. The thing about the Alien franchise is that there are two aspects to the Alien franchise. and uh, The Alien itself, obviously evolving, but the thing that Prometheus and Covenant picked up on is AI as well, and that's where that thrived. Because even in Resurrections, uh, again, you've got... You've got it goes back to you don't even realize that Winona Ryder is is a synth for ages because that's how advanced AI has come along. You know, she's too humane to be human. You're meant to. The whole point is that you're meant to look at these horrible look at this horrible system set up humanity forcing people to work for their lives and you know it's it's like Doctor Who and Oxygen like yeah you know, the people exploiting simple needs uh, in space against this really horrible alien that that you're meant to compare, well, here's a physical evil and here's the actual evil in real life. There are themes that you can delve into more and more with the Alien franchise, but I, 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 there's nothing that excites me about a new film or a new TV show right now. No, there's... I have to see it be good. I, no, yeah. I have to see it be great. It, Cause, it, needs, cause... It, needs its, it needs its prey. It needs its dark fate. It needs its... This is... It's doing something new. Wow. It's going back to its roots. That's what it needs to be. Because mm. that's I, what those other two do. Dark Fate is... It's very similar to Terminator 2. But it's also doing something new. Prey, it's very similar to Predator 1. But it's doing something new. Mm. And that's what they need to do. Separate yourself up a little bit. Move aside. And Faith, he made Legion. Maybe it'll be a weird alien show. I, just, I, need, I need to see it. I need to see it first. Yeah. But I'm like you. I'm not excited until I start, until they make me excited. Yeah, because the way streaming services are going now as well. Who knows if Hulu will exist in a year's time. But yeah. So we've only got six left now. No, seven left. Yeah, no, because they're of all bangers, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and we'll leave it till next time to rank the probably the very best of the very best. I'm extremely have... excited for it. I will say almost nothing negative for two hours when we made that episode. <laughs> well, I think at least four of the seven films left are some of my favourite films of all time. I have um, five five-star films in the next seven that we're going to talk about. <laughs> game over, man. Game over. Game over. Uh, but until then, all that's left for me to say is goodbye from Mike. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.